Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 317. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me and, and back for the first time since, I don't remember why we haven't had him on in a while. Does anybody remember? Let's not talk about yeah, it. We Hot pra- tea. A self-imposed hiatus. Lads. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Willis from the award-nominated The Mac Life. I should say the young Mike Bond is in the house as well. We're just kind of hanging out here in Jacksonville, Florida. But guys, I gotta say, I've been looking forward to this. It's, it's it took us a while to get here. It's been kind of a long day of work. Do you know how long it has been since the not not just since the three of us have sat down together? That's not all that long ago, and we had mixed reviews over it's how that particular Christmas? afternoon went. But how about all three of us sitting I, I, together I on the, the road? Okay. On the road. True. On the That's road. Even more so. Well, that would have been February. Were you were you Pre-pandemic. at the Giants fight? Giants fight in Houston, was you it? You didn't even go to that one. No, I no. think Mike Bond was there. Yeah. Really. So it's been January, maybe even December of 2019. That, that was Vegas still. So it'd been New York. Were you in New York? I was in New York. So New York. But I don't know if he was in New York. Were you not a UFC 244? Oh, I was there. Yeah, that So would have been it. Like for top, we haven't been yeah, together. We sure haven't all been, been, been together something. on the road. The, sure M- the MMA somewhere. road show <laughs> has not had a proper road show in like 15 months. Is that crazy? Now I'm depressed. I sh- I'm sure we got, get, got together before that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, together, but not on the, on the road. road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I feel, that feels like so long. Yeah. Well, think about it. January was Vegas with Connor and Cerrone. Yeah. Right. I'm sure this is like super uninteresting to people. But people like, super can you go through the event calendar, please? <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious if you could go through your travel schedules. Houston was Jones, whoever, Reyes. Dominic Reyes in Houston. Then March was Adesanya Romero. Then the world fucked up. And that was in Vegas. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? All right. I know the last time we got together. I can see Vegas, it means as much fuckered. to you as it. <laughs> did we get fucked or did I get fucked? <laughs> well, it's mainly you, but we all got a little decent buzz on because we killed the we killed a bottle of whiskey. I think mm. one of the last times we were all together, it was like, oh hey, we got a little bit of whiskey, let's have some, and then it was like, yes. oh let's have a go, and the, then the feedback thing. was noted. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have any whiskey tonight, so everybody'll be happy to hear about that. We do have a couple frosty beverages, as you would expect. Uh, as soon as we got here, well first. Well, I wouldn't even go into what you guys did before I got here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let yeah. you guys live on that one. Yeah. I, I, I came in a day later. Responsibly, you yeah. guys came in Tuesday. You quarantined responsibly. You say by ingesting enough alcohol to to kill any COVID nineteen <laughs> that may it. have possibly entered thank your God body. We were, thank God we weren't podcasting on Tuesday. Otherwise, <laughs> it'd been the same fucking thing all over again. <laughs> it would have been worse. Yeah, you it guys got worse. it rough. So I missed that because I was. Uh, I actually did a tour of the new Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, yes, which was awesome. Nice. Me and my son went. I will say this. I was actually talking to the young Mike Bond about this earlier today. Uh, obviously, walking through uh, the stadium was cool. Saw the artwork of Conor McGregor, which uh, I know you picked up on, Oscar, which was kind of cool to see that because if you think about it. So I mean, did he. He also shared it. Did he really? He did. Very cool. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. It was cool to see because, I mean, you think about it. I mean, we got to see, like, the locker room. We got to see the owner suite. We got to see, you know, the suite level. But it's not like we walked every inch of the place. You're just artwork walking through. Conor made? No, it was a painting of Conor McGregor on the suite level of Allegiant Stadium. So, like, there's all this custom artwork in there. It's, it's really cool. Like, a lot of it's really nice. And, obviously, it's all, like, Raiders or NFL mm-hmm. or whatever. But they're in this little tiny, you know, sliver of the suite level that you walk through, there's a painting of, of Conor McGregor, like, draped in the, the Irish flag. And 
uh, I was like, how cool is that that we just happened to walk right by it? So, uh, But I will say is this. It? I thought it was cool. I mean, my worlds collided right there. Oh, okay, yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool. We, Wow, Jesus! Just hating already. I'm not, I'm not hating. That's just—it's just, just kind of weird. I mean, what's his tie to the Raiders? Well, well they—they they obviously planned on putting him in there. Well, was there a portrait I was, of, with Mayweather in there? I didn't. There may be, but I sure didn't see one. I mean, was they have Jake a, Paul up on the wall. <laughs> He's a real champ. I mean, I'm sure there was <laughs> <some> Jake Paul <laughs> somewhere. Well, I mean, I would say, and there was like a Marilyn Monroe in a, nah, in a Raiders jersey. Me. Now you're getting me. There was a there was an Elvis Presley <laughs> there was in a Raiders jersey. Up on the wall. There was no Tay Tay. You just didn't go in the right suite. That's what I'm saying. We just happened to see the right suite. Where's the right, VVIP right. suite? Yeah, all right. I'll say this though. I want to say this. So I was I was telling Young Mike Bond this earlier. Obviously, I was walking through Allegiant Stadium. I was. It was me. It was a birthday present. My my wife bought for for me and my son to go watch it. It was cool. I want. I mean, I I've been wanting to see the new building. You mm -hmm. know, 1.9 billion dollar stadium that none yeah. of us have been able to go to. So it was cool to walk through it. But of course, part of me was thinking. Can they do fights here? When are fights going to happen? And you know, I mean, you know the UFC is going to go there. But I will say this. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a Dallas guy, and I'm not saying this as a Dallas born and raised like Homer. So that st stadium, I believe, is 65,000. The Dallas stadium seats like 90,000, plus standing room only makes it like 100. The big difference, though, is Dallas has that the mega Megatron, right? The insanely yeah. big thing where it's like no matter where you sit, you have a huge screen right in front of you. So it's kind of like a – a two-level viewing experience. Like, you kind of watch the screen, you kind of watch what's down below on the field. You kind of watch the screen, you kind of watch down below. So with a fight, yeah, you'd be paying to basically watch the pay-per-view on the screen, but you'd be in the building. That's the only problem. Allegiant doesn't have that. I think if the USC did Allegiant, they'd have to bring in their own, like, gear to right. to, to recreate that to some degree. Because they have, I mean, they have nice video boards in there, but not like that, where if, like, if you were sitting, in, I mean, Dane always says it, right? The reason he doesn't like stadium shows, it looks like uh, two ants fighting on a yeah, matchbook yeah. or something. I think that's what it would look like if you were in the if you were in the nosebleed. So I think they'll have to do something special. But I mean, they're definitely going to do it. They're definitely going to do it for sure. I'm so, I mean, I'm surprised now that Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders are doing the Dallas one with seventy thousand people. I'm surprised the UFC aren't thinking like, well, shit, we should probably start looking at going there. And now it's time. You could do like you could do McGregor Poirier three there pretty easily. I have to have one other fight, though, I think. I don't think you can just do – I mean, and, and obviously Connor's the biggest the biggest star in the game. I think you'd have to have If you did, the, I reckon you could do that fight or Jones and Garney, and I reckon you'd sell that. Like either oh, one, I think e did, either one of those would probably sell out. You think either one of them would sell it by itself? I thought you were saying put them together. I mean, if you put it together, they're just going to burn. Put it together. They're burning cash, though, at that point, aren't they? Right yeah, there. but if you put 100,000 people in, that's history. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know, though. Dana's never really been one for the crowd record, it feels like. It just happens, and it's not it like – just never. It's not like – even I don't know. He never seemed satisfied, probably for that reason. But even like in Melbourne, when they did the stadium, I never got the sense that he was like, "Oh man, what a colossal event we put on." He never just felt, you know. Sometimes he kind of right things that. that he freaks out about. He never seems to really go for that. Kind of right about that. Here we are talking about hundred thousand people. We're just now getting fifteen thousand yes. people back in. I guess we've mm. already moved on from COVID nineteen. You can tell we're just gone. Sorry we're done. That. Well, let's talk about the fact that we are in Jacksonville, Florida. Obviously, cold coffee. You didn't come here the first time, so it doesn't feel any different for you. Uh, of course, uh, Oscar Willis, you were right here with me as we dealt with Jacksonville uh, the first time. I will say uh, the world feels like a much different place right now, right? I mean, when you yeah. really compare to where we were a year ago, I think everybody was uh, – I mean, well, we were still soaking it in, right? We were yeah. still learning, trying to figure it out, man. Um, I guess down here, I, it, everybody seems like they've kind of moved on at this point. Yeah, I mean, I was saying to Jose Young from MMA Fighting because he was here last year as I'm well. I'm not sure if that's that an actual outlet, but I'll trust you on that one. I think they used to be around. I don't know. Okay. But um, it, but he was saying that it feels weird to be back here because 
you know, there's certain cities that you go to and it's like, oh yeah, I have been here before and it doesn't really leave a massive impact on you. I think Jacksonville, because of the time in my head it's associated with, like it was the first trip we'd done during the pandemic everywhere. That was back in the beginning of the days where everyone was like, what is this fucking thing? And everyone was really, it was just this crazy new thing. And so for that, I have like very strong like recollections of like, oh, that's where I was when this happened. It's right. like really firm in my mind. Like I think forever for the rest of my life, if I ever come to Jacksonville regularly, which Dana says we might do, but if uh, I come here all the time, I think it'll always have that strong impact of like remembering empty streets, remembering people yeah. lo- looking at you if you come too close to them, people stopping and staring if you have a cough and stuff like that. Yep. It really reminds me of all the beginning stuff. So uh, crazy to think about that, man. A lot, lot, lot has happened between now and then. Uh, I will say, I want to. I, 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 I was slow on the trigger today. I want to apologize. Now, when we were doing our traveling a lot, when we were on the road a lot, I used to be pretty good about grabbing my phone out. And if I heard somebody talking a little bit crazy, maybe grabbing oh, a little yes. bit of audio to put on them. I just want to say, I'm not saying. And, I mean, you know, the, the fine folks in Jacksonville, I'm not trying to group everybody together by any stretch of the imagination, but our our Uber driver today to the arena was pretty interesting. He was uh, – Interesting quickly. It, interesting very, very quickly. You know, yeah. he, he kind of asked us what we were doing at the arena. We, we all piled in. We all we all rode over there together, which was, you know, nice because it's actually pretty hard to get an Uber right now. Man. Yeah, I don't know if there's just like hard. a lack of drivers. That's like or, everywhere, I think. It's crazy, man. Like, it, is, it used to be – Uber used to be so easy, right? Yeah. In Vegas, it, t- it took me like 20 minutes the other day to get yeah, one. At the, at the, bad. At, so we jump in, and we're all riding together. And we're kind of talking, chatting amongst ourselves as we drive over there. And the guy's finally like, what are you guys doing in town? We're like, ah, well, there's a press conference we're going to today. And then, you know, there's fights on Saturday. And, and I, <laughs> I think the guy just says, uh, are they doing that social distancing stuff? Or we're yeah. or like – no, no, no. They sold it out like 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he says is, that's great, man. That's what it is. That way you can't blame COVID. And I was like, <laughs> what, what does that even mean? I, I, don't, you, I actually think you can blame COVID. <laughs> I don't understand what <laughs> yeah. that means. So that was interesting. And then, I knew I was onto a winner when John just does the, you know, that, the slow-mo turn to, like, to lock eyes with you to see if anyone else is like <laughs> the crazy man. So I was just looking at John, and John just slowly turns around and stares at me, and I was like, oh. We're I don't understand what he's saying right there. And then how did how did we get to the next part? Um, oh no! So he he, he said, had mentioned that his, <laughs> his son was in the air force and he had, he had tickets to go. He wanted tickets to go to the event. Oh, that's right. He asked us if we give him tickets. Yeah, and, and he's said, like, I have if a son I had in the tickets. air force. You know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh well, what's your son do? You know, and he's like, oh, he's a nuclear technician. No, no, no. It was a bit more dramatic than that. He went air force, and then there was a bit of silence. He went nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> Just sort of shouted nuclear. Nuclear technician. And then you could say the rest. And then where did it go from there? You could say the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, my son is one day going to have China glowing like a bulb or something like that. <laughs> what the he threw, he threw Which some... usually the weirdos, like, they knock on the racist door first to see, yeah. if, you, see if you're into it or whatever before they maybe, just stroll Well, maybe through. that was it. He's like, you guys all look like a bunch of <laughs> yeah. the white boys. We can talk yeah. some trash about yeah. another he place. He threw that shit way out there without sure. any sort of clearing anything. And, like, I don't know if that was a Jacksonville thing or if that was just a him I know. I think thing. it was just a him thing. But at one point, maybe I was just, just a big like, Rose Namajunas fan. I was like, I was looking in the group and I was like, None of us look like some skinheads. None of us look like some Aryan whatever crazy. I'm surprised he let Jose in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did forget that when he first started, uh, we had a lot of us packed into the car. And so Mike uh, 
young Bond had to go sit up in the front. And what did he say? He was like, you can sit up front as long as you don't try to kiss me. Yeah. We were just like, oh, what did we get our hands on here? Yeah. That was, uh, that was our introduction to uh, – Yeah. And that's the kind, if you would have recorded that, that would have – that definitely would have got – And then po- post-presser, we had another one. We had a guy who uh, – you, if you watched the press conference, you will have heard him in the crowd <laughs> screaming, let's go, let's go. The, yeah. the, the guy that was screaming from start to finish, yeah, yeah. that was him. He came up to us, sort of sidled us to up outside and – looked at John and went so what are you guys like some sort of big deal that's why everyone's talking to you and we're like no no and then he saw John he went oh you're the guy who asked the first question and Morgan just goes well that's weird I thought you were just telling me that I'm not shit <laughs> it's just like it's, <laughs> no 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 you're good man you're good it's like please get us out of here it's been quite the experience you know last time it was all about uh, safety and security and yes. all these people wearing hazmat suits and freaking us out and whatever now it's just Crazy. Good old Jacksonville. Just good old Jacksonville. What I was thinking, like, even sitting in the arena, like, everybody wore their masks in, and then there was, like, some people off to the side. If they were grouped by themselves, they eventually took their masks off, but there were still a decent amount of people that were wearing them when they were close. At some point, the right-hand side group that started cheering for for, for George and going all crazy, they just, they just dumped the masks. The masks were completely gone from that side. And at one point, I was like... I wonder if security is going to say, hey, you know, even though everybody's in, we're still sort of doing the, the mass thing. Because they had that policy stated somewhere. Like, Yeah, uh, we were told we were, we, you know, we were strongly encouraged. Even, yeah. though, even though Jacksonville does not have a city ordinance, we were told, hey, we strongly encourage you yeah. to please wear the mask. So they, they had them when they came in. And then all of a sudden, by the end, you did forget that, that we're still in this sort of thing because that whole – section of of fans was completely maskless and it still took me back a little bit it was cool to see you could hear him cheering everybody's getting into it but i was just like every one of the motherfuckers is not wearing a mask it was like it's weird it, it's was, tra- it, was, it was it was just weird here's it the thing just, is regardless shocking no here that's the thing is shocking and, and regardless of where you stand on covid mask wearing whatever regardless of where you stand yeah. we've lived this for a year now man and right. it's jarring when you get into a situation it's just like you remember like oh that's right this is how it used to be, or yeah. whatever. I, I got the sense that if you went up and asked questions on the mic and they could see on screen and you were wearing a mask, I thought like they would heckle you to take the mask oh, off. That's you. the vibe I got today. Well, I'm glad everybody didn't because it is so hard to understand anybody when they they have a mask. A footballer wore a mask. Hmm? The footballer wore a mask. Oh, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco. The footballer. I don't I don't know, fucking know well, it is. Here he is. <laughs> I, I, yes, Chad Ocho Cinco was part of the media today. I believe he. I was found out he's hired by Bleacher Report, so they hire him to do media. So he was uh, part of our press conference. Today so one half of his questions for Bleacher Report was like, "Is it good for me to put money on you? I want you to look in my eyes. Look, look in my, in my eyes. eyes. And I can bet on you. And tell me I can bet on you." That that is kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about it. Like, if you're a credentialed media member, and I understand you're Chad Ochocinco, and you're a famous NFL player, yeah. and all, and and online personnel and all that, but if we're saying that's fair game at the press conference, you're then right. you know, I mean, I. Tell Oscar, me you're not going to take a dive. <laughs> Tell me I can put my money on you. I've, you're not I, I've take always, a dive. but then I always hate it when people are like, uh, oh, "I put money on you." Or something like that to Pfizer. Well, I fucking didn't tell you to. Like that's com- I hate it. I when do hate that as well. I hate when you see fans being like, "Bro, you cost me two hundred bucks. Your bad decision cost you two hundred bucks." Shut the, the fuck worst. up. That is the worst. Especially when people like people do that stuff online and everything. Like, come on, man, what's wrong with you, dude? I find that just like I have never really got that attitude of like, "You cost me money." I'll I'll tell you what, man. I'll give you a dollar if at the next press conference, you whoever it is, you can pick whoever you want. I won't even tell you what fighter it has to be, but just you pick a fighter and be like, "Hey, I was thinking about putting a sizable wager on you." How quick do you think PR would have me to one side? 
giving me shit but i would li- i wouldn't do it in front of a crowd with dana there but i could see myself doing that to a prelim person you know what you know what i want to you know what the evil part of me wants to do is i want to make sure i write down exactly word for word what he said word for oh, word yeah, yeah. but just it. substitute some other fighter's name and repeat it <laughs> word for word to just any other fighter and see how it plays but out can you imagine if you did that pre pre fight to a like a prelim guy as a joke in, in between us and then post fight he's like oh so I won did you bet on me you're like oh no I was just goofing I don't fucking bet on you <laughs> that'd be so horrible oh man well listen if, if you're gonna place a wager you know where you should do that DraftKings seamless this weekend's USC 261 is sure to be a can't miss event every punch kick and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line DraftKings the official daily fantasy partner of USC is giving you a shot at huge Cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Guys, you know, if you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. You just pick six fighters, you stay under the salary cap, and you pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's absolutely no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget, they have basketball, hockey. DraftKings has everything you want. Look, if you listen to this podcast, you know it's all about the MMA. It's safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Listen to this. DraftKings is so into MMA now. They're sponsoring the UFC. Mm-hmm. They got a deal with the PFL. Yeah, they do. I think they're doing even some Bellator as well. They Maybe send be. an email right now. One and second. they're sponsoring the MMA Roadshow this week. Mm-hmm. They're helping you know, pay for these frosty beverages that we are having right now. So, I mean, if there's any – I mean, I don't know what more reason you would need to sign up at DraftKings, but they're good people, man. They see good people like us, and they mm-hmm. want to help us out right here. So what you do, download the DraftKings app now and use promo code – Frosty. Frosty. They even got badass promo codes <laughs> to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code – Frosty. To get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings – Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So anyway, no, Mike Bond, you can't have one of my Coors Lights. DraftKings paid for that. <laughs> Did you ask DraftKings? <laughs> I'll reach out to the people at DraftKings, and uh, they'll get back to you. Oh, they just reached out. You're, you're cleared. See, DraftKings even responds quickly to instant messages like that. That's the type of communication guys. you I can get from DraftKings. DraftKings. What's, the, what's the code? Frosty. Frosty. Exactly right. All right, let's talk about USC 261. Uh, we've we've had the press conference, we've had the media day. Um, it's a big event, right? I mean, this does. You know what's funny is I haven't seen the national coverage as much, but I get, I'm sure it's coming this weekend where it's going to be more about this is the first indoor sporting event, right? I mean, this is the first indoor sporting event, and we'll certainly be talking about it on the and a half episode. So we'll definitely want to join us over there as we tell you what it was like after the fact. I don't think any of us. No, I damn near remember what it's like to be in a packed arena anymore. But as far as the fights themselves, we know the three title fights we have on the line. We got three. I I feel bad saying three very dominant champions, right? Because I feel like um, Zhang Weilin hasn't necessarily, you know, built this legacy, right? Like Kamaru Usman can't deny, right? He's got he's got some title defenses together. He's been dominant. Valentina Shevchenko, I mean, come on, if you, like she's you know, pound for pound. But Zhang Wai Li is still kind of establishing her, her reign, but I just feel like that last fight was so good. Her run to the top has been so good. It may not be as long. It's been impressive. So I feel like we've got... I guess that's representation of her division, though, right? So it's sort of all relative, right? So Kamaru's right. had loads of victories because he's in such a stacked division. Right. She's in less stacked division, so she needs to acquire less victories to still be as 
And you look who the victories were over, right? Think about that. I mean, I mean, that that belt has kind of changed hands, but she's be, you know beat so many former champions already. If she beats this, would be another former champion. So I guess I say it's three dominant champions against three underdogs. We were kind of joking about it beforehand. I feel bad going into a fight of this magnitude, a card of this magnitude, and not having some kind of sexy underdog pick of like, hey man, I know the world is saying you know these champions can't be beat. But let me tell you why one of them's gonna lose. I know for a fact that so and so's gonna lose, but I, I don't know, man. I got I got to be honest with you. If I'm just being off the top, I, I'm going and still three times. I mean, that would be that, like you said, they're the favorites and the favorites for a reason. I do have this weird thing that there are certain nights in MMA, and this is very corny, but I think you know when you walk into an arena and you just feel an energy, and maybe after the first couple of fights, you can look at each other and go like, something fucking crazy is happening oh, yeah. tonight. Oh yeah. Like even at two fifty-seven, I was like, something wild's happening tonight. And I, I just wonder if the fan energy is going to be off the charts. That it'll just feel like something crazy could happen. I, I don't know if that's like, I don't think like Masvidal can get a flying knee KO or anything like that. But I, I could see Andrade just clippity clip and Shevchenko maybe or even you know I really would lean towards Wiley in that fight but you never know Rose is one of those people I think who fights the level of her opponent sometimes yep. and while she didn't look like the best in her last fight or her best I think she could be you never know with Rose Rose is such a mental one that it's like how is she feeling mentally going into a fight alright I, I agree. You bring us a good one. So let's so let's get into the first. Let's get into the main event first. All right, Usman okay. versus Masvidal. Um, okay, I don't typically ask the questions uh, about well, what about the fans. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I get it. Like we ha- we've interviewed thousands of fighters. They'll all tell you, "Hey, listen, man, that fa- that fan energy is good. I feel the buzz." Um, but once I get in there, you know, I'm listening to my coaches. I'm not listening yeah. to anything else. A cage is a cage. Blah blah blah. But I will say this, and it's funny that you touched on that because we're talking about the first event back with fans in a long time, right? And they're going to be – if if the press conference day is any indication, they're going to be a New York type of crowd, right, where they're rowdy and they're, you know, they're, they're going nuts, okay? And Masvidal's their guy, right? That was yeah. clear from the start. I mean, oh, yeah. Obviously, Masvidal, we already know, is the Florida guy, and we all know that Usman is not necessarily the most popular guy in, in the sports history or whatever, but – I mean, if you watch the press conference today, it is pretty funny. So Usman comes out. I'll ask Usman the question first. And, and, and before he answers my question, he's like, let me just say how excited I am to be back here with fans in the building. Oh, fans are back. Dana, thanks for making this happen. Fans, and the fans are like, oh, yeah. yeah he's talking to us. We <laughs> love it. for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the end of it, no matter what came out of his mouth, they yeah. were just yelling at him, yeah, like, you're going to rub his feet. Yeah. You gotta, I mean, they were just I going c- I couldn't him. hear what he – I asked him a question. I couldn't hear his answer. Yeah. I they were just booing. I just had to be like, okay. Yeah. So let wrong. me ask yeah, you, is that, is, is that – okay. We know what Mazidal had to go through the first time around, right? One week's notice, ugh, tough, okay. Flying around the world, okay. 30-pound weight cut, which he's referenced multiple times. So look, that weight cut crushed me. And he did come out competitive in that opening round in Abu Dhabi. And then after I that – I gave him the first round. Oh, yeah. He looked good, right? He's throwing hard shots. Without, he probably had about five minutes of cardio in him, right? But I said consistently – I think Masvidal is just stylistically up against it with Usman. I think Usman is the like the worst style matchup in the division for him. Is it, can, can I mean I don't think Masvidal old dog new tricks that sort of thing. I mean, what can he change in eight months without another fight? I don't know. Can he change enough to be Usman, or can that fan energy? Can it create something? I know, and I know that sounds stupid because it's intangibles, but can it create an environment 
where we see, right? I mean, right, Masvidal swells up in these big moments, right? And maybe Usman will be intimidated. I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's something to be said maybe about the mind games of it's a rematch, but the dynamic will be so different than their first fight because of the fans, you know? So maybe Usman will be getting in there being like, this is just going to be the same thing, and then the fans might sort of make me, oh, this isn't the same at all. Yeah. That could be something. I will say, it's funny that you said, oh, can, can Masvidal change something in eight months well for four of those months he was on the campaign trail so it wasn't like he was training wrestling in his time off either um so i wonder if sometimes fighters can do this thing where something happens in the first fight and they think oh if that didn't happen i'd have won the fight and then it's almost like it's already happened right so i wonder if maswell goes well if i had cardio i'd have won that fight and so he didn't feel like he needed to work on anything skill-based he just needed to get the cardio then he'd won the fight right right so i wonder if that's kind of uh, clearly, as you just said, he put a lot of stock in that big weight cut, and I've I have I went back and watched some interviews prior to his fight with Usman, and he mentioned that he was like usually likes to cut nine pounds, nine pounds to seven to nine pounds, and and he says he's doing that this time, which is weird because the size wise you'd think he'd want a bit more mass yeah. to take on Usman, but I guess not. But he clearly puts a lot of stock into that uh, that weight cut, so maybe that'll help him. But again, cardio aside. Usman's going to have as good cardio as him, so it's not like his cardio is going to defeat Usman. Right. And skill set for skill set, you'd say Usman has the strengths and the holes that Masdor has. That's what I wonder mm-hmm. because a full training camp, okay, cool, but... Fantastic uh, analysis by me, though. It was stellar. That's how you get nominated. Kofi got fun. nothing even left to say. He's just like... Well, I mean, I was just going to talk about the fans. And, and, and <laughs> when it comes with the fans... You don't get I, nominated for awards by talking I think, about fans. I, okay. I think if you go to the historical documentary uh, of Rocky Five, mm. Rocky goes mm. into hostile territory, and by the end of the fight, he wins the Russians over. That would be Rocky Four. I think it's five. No, five is when he's like tired and he's a bum. Well, then fuck you all. <laughs> go to that documentary as all as well. But the the story still is the same where he wins the crowd. And and, and, and the crowd might help the, him. I think he actually stopped the Cold War. He probably did. Oh, yeah. And he got a couple people killed in the end. I think I think they offed him because they shamed their country. Yeah. But uh <laughs> Drago definitely wasn't offed. He came back years well, later. His family, with his, with his, his family his son. something. No, I think his they wife his I wife. think his wife just left him because he was a loser. That's the same. You know how those women are. Cold. Yes. Cold over cold there. Cold over there. Eastern women, cold. But uh I, you know, as much as the fan loves Masvidal, I think this crowd loves a winner. I mean, I think they appreciate. It. I think they just played along with the game. But I don't think the crowd's going to get in Masvidal's head. I'm sorry, Usman's head at all. Um, he's not the kind to let it get to his head. And I think if anything else, it runs the risk of Masvidal getting too pumped up and doing a mistake because he wants to show up for the crowd. Well, that's what I wonder. See, that's the whole thing. My thing in in talking to people about this fight, I've said, look, Masvidal needs to do everything he can to just piss off Usman, to make him yeah. think he has to prove something, right? Like, I can't push you against the fence and stomp your feet, like, because otherwise you're just going to continue to ridicule me. Like, I have to prove something, yeah. and that's where the risk comes in, right? If yeah. he tries to prove something, that's when the opportunities open up for Masvidal. He only even interacted with him a couple times. He spent more of the time interacting with the fans, goading them to say something I've, I've, to him than rather him saying much to himself. It was just the feet comment, feet comment a couple times, and then when uh, Kamara was talking, he was just like, Go on, say, like, goading the crowd to do anything. I was like, if he really wanted to get in his head, he's got the mic. He could just say more stuff. I'll I'll say this. I think with uh, Jorge and some other people, like Colby, for instance, and Leon, Mm -hmm. there's real, like, contempt in his voice when he talks about them. I actually don't get that for his I think it's mostly competitive that he really, like, feels competitive drive. And that's why I get the sense that 
he really doesn't feel like he has a lot he can say. You know, it's like, how, what can you really say to the guy who, who you know, you rubbed my feet and stuff like that. So, okay, well, he's still also won. Well, hey, you got to give Usman a little bit of credit, right? Yeah. Like when he came out today, it was like, hold on, let's just be honest. You have 14 losses, seven in the UFC. You're three and three in your last six. You're only here because I chose you. Like, yeah. in terms of trash talk, it's good. That's pretty damn good. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just facts. It's yeah. pretty damn good. And yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, obviously Masvidal is a, a massive star and, you know, he deserves to be here and all that. I mean, but nah, that's pretty good. It would be yeah. very, very funny if Kamari came out, wrestled him against the cage and stomped, foot stomped him for five rounds and then was like, I gave you six weeks and you still couldn't stop me. <laughs> and, that, and that was his trash talk. By the way, I did I did interview uh, Usman like a week ago or two weeks ago and he uh, I asked him about that, like the shadow boxing, like foot stomp oh, yeah, video. Yeah, that was funny. And he actually said, he's like, don't be surprised if I throw a spinning foot stomp in this fight. And I was like, bro, if you throw a spinning foot, foot stomp, I'm losing my shit on pressure. I think, I think, remember when Connor and Dustin got against the clinch and Connor landed the shoulder strikes yeah. and the crowd cheered right. for the shoulder strikes? They better do do that for Isma's foot stomps. I will be like, yes, if he started cracking the feet. That'd be, be so funny. All right, so, I mean, listen, is everybody kind of leaning towards Usman to, yeah, to defend him? I, I actually think Usman will, I think he will try and prove something on the feet, but I think he will do very well. I think I think Mazda will be, that, that jab he landed against Gilbert repeatedly mm-hmm. and working with Trevor Whitman consistently now, I think that's just a deadly combination. He has that raw, like, punching power with a jab that I think could be a real problem. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk about as well Zhang Wiley versus Rose Namajunas. Uh, okay, so here's what I'm intrigued about this. Uh, obviously, to, to, that's it. This is the craziest thing. This this whole communism talk or whatever, we didn't talk about it a lot when it all came out. I, I mean, I'll just I'll just throw it out there now before so we don't have to go all into it. I think they were very unfortunate comments by Rose. I understand what she's saying, and it's not unfortunate that she you know has a family history with communism, why it upsets her and all that. It's not. But why you're putting it on Zhang Wiley, who I've never heard once say like she supports communism mm-hmm. or believes in it or think it's a great thing. It just it was just two weird things that didn't necessarily go together. So I didn't I didn't love the comments. But here's what I'm interested about. Uh, Rose it doesn't really get into press conferences. You know what I mean? That's not really her thing. I felt like she was maybe even more detached than than normal today. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but but she- not detached in a I don't want to be here way. More detached in a I don't activate until I hear my voice kind of way. Yeah. You know, I was she's just, just sort of staring off into the abyss. It was just, I have a lot of photos of her because I was trying, you know, I was trying to take pictures and stuff that we use for the site that I'm like, I can't use this. Like, what is this? So so that was there. And then um, Zhang Wiley, you said, I mean, Oscar, you were the one that was telling me it was a comment on your website, right? So I asked about the comments at the press conference to see, hey, did this change anything? You know, did it, you know, you had always been respectful of her. Like, are you, now is this more of a rivalry fight or like, do you feel like you need to well, you specified this is the most China? Poli- you said this is the most political talk I've ever heard before a fight. Right. And look, I, listen, I can't, I can't validate this, but enough, someone but commented on our website being like, that's funny, the translator never even translated the word politics to her. Which if that's true is, because the answer was nothing. I mean, the answer yeah, yeah, was literally like, idea. this will not affect me and I will try my best or yeah. something. I was like, huh. Yeah. So, but, but if the question wasn't, it's tough, man. But I I personally feel, and it's always a bit of a weird, touchy subject to even get into for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just different nationalities or something. But I I feel there's a very conscious effort on her heart, behalf not to talk about politics, or right. not certainly not to talk about Chinese politics. I'm sure. I'm sure. I remember when COVID first happened and she was fighting Yuana. Obviously, Chinese national people were asking her about it, and she middle of the road answers every time that's right because remember Joanna had those comments that were a little yeah. insensitive but that was that was clearly before we understood what yeah, COVID yeah. was about to be but again, she just wouldn't be drawn on the politics and it's I think there's an element actually maybe as a journalist we're a little bit awkward about asking her like none of us have been like so what do you think about the Chinese government 
you know, what's happening in the camp? Yeah, what's you know, she supposed to say? You know, so I don't think any of us feel comfortable asking those questions, and I don't think she's particularly inclined. Well, it's, I think it's one of those things where we know that she's limited in what she can say. I mean, we've talked about it before, right? Like uh, the fighters that are associated with Kadyrov, and yeah. we all understand that like the things that he stands for aren't great, but it's like the fighters can't say anything. So, like, yeah. what's the even point of, of asking them? But, yeah, so I feel there's a very conscious effort on her behalf to not talk about politics, which has made this even more weird, really, because it's not even like she's can address... Right. Rose's prob- uh, questions. So here's that. what I want to what, from your guys' perspective, right? Because I think I do think Rose is a very, very dangerous fighter. I do think Zhang Li is insanely good. You know, that's why I say like I feel kind of bad saying dominant champion because it's not been a long, long tenured run, but she's pretty incredible in what she does. But I, you know, I do think Rose Namajunas has shown that capability to rise to the occasion and to. I mean, obviously, think about the battles with Joanna and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I wonder if all this added attention, because, I mean, look, that's all she's been asked about, like, nonstop, right, since those comments first came out. She's had to answer it over and over and deal with it and deal with it and deal with it. I wonder if that's any, because I, I do feel like Rose is kind of one of these people that doesn't want to deal with the spotlight, that doesn't want to deal with the media, that doesn't want to have to explain herself and try to – I just wonder if any of these have, like – demotivated her in any way to be like I don't want this spotlight anymore like I don't like this stuff I don't like I, I don't know I mean I know that doesn't impact your fighting skills but if you're not 100% there wanting to win the fight that can be a bad thing I mean I don't know looking at Rose today did you did you get the feeling maybe that or is that just is that just Rose No she definitely seemed a bit detached it it just this whole thing's been really really weird when Rose sort of had the metamorphosis you know cutting her hair and everything was like it's about martial arts, and I'm going down this path, you know, of, of sort of perfection and where she was going. So to see what came out of this in this whole pre-fight, just felt that her head was so far away from that that task that she was going for that I'm just not sure where her head's at. I mean, I'm sure she put all the training in her, and she focused as hard as she could to prepare herself for it, but I just feel for, for this to be over her head, and this was a big part of some of the stuff that came out, I can't think that it's not weighing on her mind, that she's not going fully focused without some extra noise that's going to be keep bouncing off her head. And I think I just don't think we're going to see 100% That's what I think. I just want there. to make sure I wasn't crazy because that's and what I, I think. I think you need to be 100%. You need to be 110% Rose to, to – Well, to anytime you're talking about the championship level, right? Like yeah. you got to be legit – at the championship level in the UFC, but yeah, Zhang Weili is a monster. She, and she was, she's a monster. she was cold and, uh, or, I mean, she was cool as can be. Like you could tell, like she knows what people are trying to ask. If she wanted to have the opportunity to say, "Yeah, my opponent, you know, kind of said some things that you know upset me, you know, but I'm not going to let that affect me," you know, she could talk about it without talking about it. But she was just, she's been well, very just. To very wa- cool about it. To wildly speculate, which is what we like to do here. Yes. I did feel like she didn't want to shake her hand. When Rose tried to shake her hand after the face-off, I felt like she paused for a second and looked at the hand and was like, oh, I'm fucking shake I thought that a little bit, but I think she was caught off because I didn't think she was going to – She was already starting to turn back around. She was already starting to turn. I don't think she expected Rose to no, do it. She hates her. So I think it she hates her. her. She wants to kill her. It took her a second. But when I watched <laughs> – She was like, we don't shake hands. Social distance. Because I literally just looked at the face-off again when I was Social cutting it upstairs, and I just felt like it was – yeah, she was more turning, <laughs> getting ready to turn because she knew the belt was coming <laughs> – <laughs> and then saw the the glimpse out of the left side. So I think it just threw her off a little bit, you know, because um, when she first came over and, and they did the stare off, it wasn't like it was a quick arm up either right, from right. Rose for her to see. So I think she just assumed, okay. And know. again, look, I'm and not. And they trying were to like just... ten feet apart. They were so far apart. Yeah. I was like, come on, get a little closer. Face off in the same state. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'd like some nice we'd visuals here. Like some here. good visuals here. Give me some. Give me some uh, Jeremy Stevens, Jakar Close type. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah that, I, that's the two extremes. I wondered if they got told that they weren't allowed to get within fucking six feet of each other. Uh, I was I'm like, sure. Ah. Dana would. I don't think Dana would ever say because if they wouldn't say it to somebody else, especially I think he understands everybody up there is such a professional that they wouldn't do something. I think the only one they worried about was Masvidal. And Usman, and they got yeah. close enough to where Dana was like, "All right, I have to get my shoulder felt, in there." Let me just say, I felt bad for Sean Shelby that Dana White threw him under the bus, but I will admit this: like last Sunday, so I don't. And, and I talked about this on the and a half episode. I don't normally write these things, uh, but because of the way the schedule was last week, I was working on Sunday, and I wrote the uh, observations or the the takeaways, the takeaways. And one of my takeaways was like talking about that face off. It's like, look. You know when Dana always says, like, my one job is to make sure they don't touch, and people are like, ah, whatever, whatever. Like, that's why. Like, literally, yeah. that's what happens. I felt so bad for Sean that he got thrown under the bus, but that but, is, like, you literally do have to make sure they don't touch because stuff like that happens. Yeah, I think as well it's all – it's kind of harsh because Dana is able to separate them because he's a big guy and because he's got the presence of being Dana White. And because he's Dana. I've always said this from day one. When Jones and Cormier happened, yeah. Dave Schaller was in the middle. I've said from day one, if Dana was in there, I don't think that would have happened just because you're it's not going to throw a punch over Dana. That's what yeah. I think as well. So I think even if Sean had got in there, I don't think like Jeremy Stevens is going to be like, yeah, yeah, you're right, buddy. Well, yeah. Dana's really good too. Like Dana will, will square up and put his shoulder, and he'll put his body firmly in between. Like right. Schaller, he tried to just step in and put his hands <laughs> like that was going to stop. <laughs> Jones flicked him away with just a passing hand. Uh, his face, I'll never forget his face. It was oh, so Oh, the face is great. That little panic back. moment. As oh, Charlotte's my boy, dude. That panic <laughs> oh, moment was great. I like him, but man, I felt so bad for him. And then our boys, we had a ton of people that got hurt sort of in that one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That, was, uh, that was one of those things. That Dana, Dana, he's he's a he's a decent-sized dude, too. So when he puts his shoulder and he Fucking gets his hand in there. Fucking looking ridiculous these you know? days. He was on stage, and I was like, this motherfucker's biceps are going to pop. Yeah. <laughs> On. All right, let's talk about the last title fight. Valentina <laughs> Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. Uh, okay, so I've talked – I did a couple of interviews with, with some mainstream radio personalities talking about this. Like, Jessica Andrade, like, you can't count her out of any fight, right? The, I mean, she's got power in her hands. She can dump you on your head and knock you out that way. I mean, she, she's mm-hmm. interesting. But God damn, dude, it's just hard to pick against Valentina Shevchenko, man. I mean, can you guys – I mean, do you guys – foresee anything and I like and you know what I do like Andrade attitude she talked about today too where she's like hey man can't be intimidated before you go in there gotta be in a fight and Andrade has fought bigger women I mean she's Andrade will fight anybody you yeah. know what I mean like and I, and I really do feel like she doesn't get overwhelmed by the moment and I don't think she'll be overwhelmed by the moment I don't think she'll go in there and be intimidated by Valentina Shevchenko which I do believe some of the people that fought Valentina Shevchenko have been mentally checked out before they got in there Yeah, like the I don't most. believe Andrade will yeah but is she capable of winning the fight? Well, I just think the thing that about Valentina that always strikes me is she, uh, for her size and her build, she's clearly freakishly strong. Yes. Because she goes in there and she ragdolls people like Chikagian, much bigger than her, and mm-hmm. she just threw her on the ground. Joanna, I mean, she just destroyed her grappling. Yep. Um, so I, this whole idea that Jessica Andrade is the beast, that she's going to have to sort of, you know, be the bullfighter with, I think she could probably outmuscle. Jessica as well, which if that's the case, then I, I think, think it's pretty much done. You know, I can see it tapping her out at some point. But when you're a dominant champion like Valentina, these are the fights that kind of get people still interested in you, you know, because you need these free... Well, but Jessica Andrade was getting beaten up for five minutes and then she, you know, gave Rose a concussion. That's true. So anything could happen. But yes, I would say it's, it's, it's tough, tough to see. She's got great hair. Does she? 
according to Schmo. Yeah, because when he sat down, he was like, me and her have the same haircut. I know so that. he was actually saying he has a great haircut. <laughs> oh, I didn't put those two things together. God, yeah. no. I don't, as soon as I, I was be, looking at I was like, that To be fair, like I don't think Jessica hair. did either. No, <laughs> she didn't. She was like, oh. But, yeah, I think Valentina's going to overpower. I think she's just too much, man. She's got super glute power. Mm. Super glute power? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> not after last time. <laughs> Well, listen. I, you know, like I said, I, I, I would love to come. In. Okay, if you had to pick one, you got a gun to your head, and you got to pick one. Do what? you pick two, is one it, upset? Or I mean, would any of you? I mean, are any of you leaning upset in any of them? I won't even say gun to the head. I mean, I won't make it. Are any of you leaning? I just, I hate to say it, man. I went, I went all chalk on the on the title holder. So I picked all three of them to win yeah. as well. I mean, there's the 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 only two you guys that I think have a possibility. The power of freedom over Wiley. Well, that's the thing. If Rose in has, the oasis if, of if freedom, there, there that was, is Jacksonville, yeah. Florida. Uh, oh, Ron DeSantis. Outside that. of the two, yeah. He dropped I, that like a pure politician. I mean, it? I think Masvidal has a, has a decent enough chance if, if Kamaru, uh, you know, just gets caught up in something. But I don't think he will. I think he's been fighting on another level. I think he looks good, so I expect him to do it. The only other one is if Rose just pulls out vintage Rose and can go in there and, and not get caught into a brawl. Because I think when it comes to pure punching power, Zhang Wiley is just – she's just got too much – she's got too much power – that if Rose eats too much and eats too much, she's not going to be able to to kind of slip into those submission moves. And she's going to have to get her down to even get to that point. You know, I think if they get into a clinch, Zhang Wiley is going to be stronger as well. Too. You know? It's going to have so, to be in a transition of some kind of scramble. It's a, it's a fascinating matchup, though, man, because yeah. Rose starched Joanna the first time they fought, yeah. which so she clearly has punching power. And then in the second fight with Joanna, she kind of out-kickboxed her and outpointed her. So if it's the same sort of fight that Wiley just had with Joanna, Rose could probably evade and point her way to a decision, but then I just can't imagine her having the strength to hold her off like Joanna did. You right. know, Joanna was strong enough and to to get free of the grappling exchanges, and Rose just seems too slight. Yeah, you know, I feel like once Wiley gets hold of her, she's going for a ride somewhere. So, I do yeah. too. You know what's funny though? I mean, honestly, like, and it's so crazy because I I favor Usman heavily in the matchup. I do kind of see, I guess, Mazadal maybe having the best chance just because he's got that one shot type of power at I, times. I, I would say Rose is the best chance because I think Rose is one of those fighters who you just don't see it coming and then she pulls out a masterpiece. Mm. That, well, with her, true. I think it would be some, with her, I think it'd be like something in a transition, something in a scramble, something something that she should, that she ties up. Like, I think it'd be a submission. But, I, I, but I she's like the sort of fighter who'll come out of nowhere and do like a Fury Wilder situation where he can't be touched or something like that. You know, right. she'll just come out and suddenly be like, where the fuck were you? You know? But that would be know. pretty amazing if she's out there just slipping and moving and like Zhang Wiley is just Dude, like... Her first fight with Andrade was very, very good. Like when she was yeah. boxing oh, the yeah. shit out of her, I was like, good God. Phenomenal uh, stuff. I was well, in Brazil watching that and then like all the Brazilians were so sad and they were just like, oh, uh, the room, you couldn't, you could just hear a pin drop and everybody was like, whatever. And then when Rose got slammed on her head, they cheered so loud that I wanted to just be like, shame on you all. She could be dead out there. <laughs> and you're cheering like they were. They, but it was like, because we've always said this before, like the Brazilian media, they don't give an F. Like the, you For tell what them it's not worth, Mexicans don't either. You, you tell them not to cheer or whatever, they don't care. They're, they're going to cheer their fighters. So they were so upset through that whole fight. And then once it, it switched the other way, it was it was almost like they were just like yes kill her yeah. you know and it was just I, like what I, I is was like going Canelo on? Golovkin and they did not give a fuck about it yeah. they were just cheering openly which actually I was like I'm tired I'll Good get on into, you. I'll get into well, it yes! <laughs> <laughs> all right listen uh, three title fights I think we're all leaning favorites on there but we'll see what happens man uh, big moment 
big atmosphere, and uh, maybe there'll be one upset in there. Of course, whatever happens, we'll talk about it on the and a half episode. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow if you want to get exclusive access to that and a half episode. Or, as I always say, maybe you don't care anything about the post-fight episodes. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. I think they're pretty good, to be honest with you. But if you just want to support the show, you can do that. That would help us out as well. You can you can be like Jonathan Johnson, who signed up and supported us. Yeah, he us, did. Man. That's my man, Jonathan Johnson. Much appreciated to do that. Or... Pat DeLude went a different way. He signed up as well, but went with the annual route. I know you yes, like the annual route. Go coffee. Do. Why are you a fan of the annual route? Because you guys get a route? discount. Because if you're going to be around for, for all year, which we hope you will, if you do the yearly, you get a 10% discount. Is that 10, 10%? 10%. 10%. That's good. Don't promise too much. <laughs> it's now 7.5% discount. <laughs> 10% <laughs> discount if you want to sign up that. for the year. So, but yeah. No, yeah, it's good. So, thank you, Pat, for doing that. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. Um, I don't know if we – did we give Craig Glover his love We gave Craig time? Glover love, but I was going to say – give him some more You give him some more love. When you, come in, when you come in like Craig Glover, when you come in strong – Coming straight into the star mode. Dude, you're when you're coming in like a star, a star, you get treated like a star. You know what I'm Thank saying? You, and Craig. look, in addition to the uh, and a half episodes and all that, we also have good discussions over there. People like Joe Lucente, CJ Brigham, Joe from H Town, Mark Fellows. They're always posting over there. We're having nice discussions. Mark Fellows is cool, man. He oh, Mark Fellows is a cool cat, man. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back down to Australia. And he does too. My favorite things. He loves to drink and he loves Korean barbecue. So he's. He's like kindred soul. He's a me. good man. Even mm. and, and listen, this will mean a, a lot to the to the supporters over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Even John Given went the annual route lately. He signed up for a year, even though he spent most of last month busting my balls. Well, he you deserved it. You're well, a terrible person at times. Fair enough. Put John Given supporters John, for a you're year. You're wonderful. Thank you for signing up. <laughs> That's what we say. Hey, you can hate <laughs> us, but if you support the show financially, it's cool. Just hate. <laughs> you can hate us as long as you pay us. <laughs> it's cool. All right, guys. You guys did the. Uh, you guys did the the media day. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to come in because I had those pre-existing plans. Oh, you know what? I'll take that back. <laughs> you guys didn't do the media day. I totally. I, I didn't actually mean to set that up, but I totally forgot. Well, what uh, happened? Us did. I know. Unfortunately, there was some rampant non-COVID nineteen related illness in the area yeah. that. Uh, I'll tell you what, that airplane food, man, it can just. You gotta watch it. It'll get yeah. you. Is that what we're going with now? Yeah. You know, well, they didn't food. serve food on my plane, but, you know, his route oh, might have yeah, been a little right. bit different. Well, yesterday it was because my phone broke, and now today I'm saying it's because of food poisoning. Oh, yeah. Tough, yeah. man. He's an illness, food poisoning, phone, all on the same day. Yeah. All on the same day. Yeah. It's a three-part okay. whammy. Well, one of us here did the media <laughs> day. Uh, any of the prelims that, that you're looking forward to the most because of anything that happened? I mean, obviously I saw uh, Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. Of course, they had history together, and now they're beefing about – also, New York, with right? Whether long beef with me? Well, MMA junkie, Uriah Hall's not happy with you guys. What? He said that I think he's saying you took the New York comments out of context. Get out of here! No, he didn't. I thought it was what? fun. Uriah not saying something negative about the media. Oh my goodness! I, oh, I hate to hear that. I, found, I like Uriah I found that a lot. As, as I didn't know as that. I got, as soon as I got the venue, they're like, "Oh, so Uriah's mad at you guys?" I was like, "For what?" Mate, Uriah's been mad at the media for the last fucking six years. Yes, but but it's the it's the same thing. When we see him, he's always like, "Oh, okay, yeah, no, you guys are cool. You guys are cool." But it's not us writing the stuff and doing the tweets and doing whatever. But it's but like, it was it was a fun little. I play thought it was funny. The, the, yeah. the whole thing about whether it belongs in New York or not. Well, like, in fairness. I guess that probably might have caused some shit. But he said it. He no, said it. To, it be, doesn't... to be fair, I, I'm always quick to acknowledge when media, being one of the people myself, are big shit stirrers. That's pretty innocuous. Well, I think Uriah always just gets super it. sensitive next The to whole fights. thing was he was just joking about whether Long Island was part of New York, right? right? Like right. New York proper, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the boroughs, which I think 
Well, it's funny because like fighting that. put the same one out, same sort of stuff and whatever. I'm not even sure that's a real outlet. Yeah, what? It's it's it sees other people. <laughs> um, but then I heard that that must be like. A but local they never thing got anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a small little local group. Jacksonvillefighting.com. I've yeah, seen that one. Yeah, that's a good one. The hate, but the yeah, hate it is. Boys. Yeah, well, look, he'll get over it. And if he doesn't, just say Mike Bond wrote the tweet at the post-fight press conference and beat him up. I was going to say, yeah. I like Uriah too, man. I hate how upset he gets at us. Well, and, and that's He's the not thing. Todd Duffy yet. He's nearly there. Todd Duffy gets upset at us too. And I like Todd Duffy too. Yeah. I don't mind when they criticize the media because sometimes like... When they, it's fair. When it's fair. When it's spot on. I don't, I don't mind. mind. I'll yeah. take it. But like, yeah, that one I was a bit like, I think, you know, a couple of days till fight time. All right, well, let's not talk about Hall yeah. Weidman because clearly anything we say there is going to get taken <laughs> out of context. <laughs> yeah. but the Anthony Smith-Jimmy Croup fight's going to be good. You asked about some other ones. I think he said prelim- you asked about preliminary Not just card, anything you saw, Smith anything that Kroot, got you hyped up. Uh, Smith the- and Croup, just because I think they're both good dudes, but I think that's a that's a fun stylistic matchup. Alex Oliveira and Randy Brown is going to be a lot of fun. I think that's a, you know, Randy's got to watch because I think Randy's already sort of selling that Alex is out of it and that he's old and that he's maybe not whatever. Alex Oliveira, I mean, he's a tough dude. He's a tough matchup. I do think that Randy is going to pull it off, but I'm still kind of interested to see how that one uh, sort of plays out. Um, as for one of the other ones, I guess I would just throw out that we saw that I, I was just sort of interested in, in hearing was Carl Roberson and, and Brendan Allen. I thought those were two other cats that that looked intri- uh, that looked into it that I think are both very very talented. That could be a lot of fun. Do you remember in staff picks who you picked between Jimmy Crute and Anthony Smith? I think I picked. Crew. I went with Crew too. I think I picked Crew. I went with Crew too, and I feel bad because obviously I, I, I like Anthony a lot. But and I don't I think it was like anything to be about Smith. I think actually I saw Crew's name like and I was deal, like, dude, Crew's fucking. He's, he's, a, he's killing deal, it man. right now. I think that kid's the real deal. I think I did pick Crew. Wow. Now when you say it like that, I feel it's bad because I, 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 I literally think I just picked Crew. It's a bit of a must-win one. Yeah, in terms of what, see that's that. So you get outside of the top three and obviously championship implications. The next two fights to me are really interesting because I feel like you don't necessarily have a whole lot of, like, where are they going up from here, but you have a whole lot. I mean, with the yeah. exception of Crute, obviously, he's a young guy. But, but, you know, with Hall, Weidman, Anthony Smith, man, I believe three guys that a devastating loss could be really problematic for their career, man. So I'm, I'm – I'm intrigued by those fights. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a good you – know. But at least with those guys, they've built up a lot of credit. I think if they still put on good performance, like good effort, good showings, I think they maybe aren't held to the, oh, wait, that was your third one, you know, you're gone sort of deal. We've seen that where some people just don't seem to have those sort of rules applied to them. Um, I think Anthony says probably okay just for the fact that he's he's been willing to step in there, but he has had a lot of main events, a lot of stuff going um, they're cutting a lot of people, bro. I know. True. That's what I'm saying, man. And you're talking about in 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 Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman, Anthony Smith. You're talking about three guys who are reaching the tail end of their careers in terms of you know when you start making that evaluation, is this person ever going to be a champion? Obviously, Chris Weidman's been a champion all before, of these, but all of decent you know, money. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. They're all making really good salaries. Like I, I feel like these are really really important fights. I'd say Uriah guys. would get away with it. Don't know. Weidman's on a bit of a skit. I mean, he won his last fight, but I just feel like Weidman. It's it's been a while since Weidman's looked like a top tier fighter. Yep. You know, and even then, Uriah just 
beat Anderson, so I don't know. Uh, I'll say outside of the interviews you guys talked to, of course, I got some CFFC love for Pat Sabatini, who was supposed to make his CFFC debut before. Obviously, his opponent had the weight miss. He wasn't able to. Now he's making his debut against Tristan Connolly. You remember? He was sat next to me on the plane. Is that Tristan Connolly was actually on the plane? He was. Interesting. How about his story, right? I mean, he's been out for like two years um, because of COVID and some injuries and stuff that he suffered. He's going uh, from 170 in his debut to 145 in his return. Yeah, I'll tell you what, when he was next to me, on, uh, when he he, I was sort of stood next to him and I was sort of looking at him. I was thinking he fought Michelle Pereira, who's a giant. And I was like, good God. Like, he, like, Tristan Conley was smaller than me. Like, I was like, fuck, he's not a big guy at all. And so to imagine him getting the win against someone that jacked, I was yeah. like, damn, dude. Pretty crazy. And then, of course, Cool Coffee, I think you said you it was really important for you to read out the prelim matchups because you were just thinking – um, it was you know you were so excited by yeah. the the preliminary card the early prelims <laughs> on ESPN Plus that always you, you actually wanted to to read them all out yourself because you didn't want me nah, and, me and Oscar Willis to have the fun. no no I, no, I don't no, want to no. take that away Listen, from you because look you don't even need to read them out you know them by heart in your head so. I just wanted to to make sure to give you that opportunity I know you had communicated to me beforehand that yep. that you were hoping to it's to, weird John because really he usually communicates the, that to me in the back as well on fight night how yeah, much yeah. he loves the prelims yeah so if you want to go ahead and, if you want to go ahead and read out those ESPN Plus prelims. I mean, let me just pull them up real quick. The ones you I mean, I'm sure you have them committed by yeah. by memory. By memory, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you just want to, so you want to just, 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 just read, read, right read right off the match. So you want to, you know, no, no, no real insight like, or anything just, like that. Just, just want to put them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you just, yeah. Wanna, just, just what talk. The fuck. Just talk. Stupid. Today, if you want it, like, all right, I'm done. The bit was way funnier when you were working along with it. That would be. I don't want to read any of these. Dana Dana Bajarel. I, I still can't say his name, even though he's had a couple fights in the UFC against Kevin Natividad. Kazula Vargas is in there against uh, Rongju, I believe is the way you pronounce his name. Uh, debuting, I will have to learn this one, Keeling Aori? I, I don't know. I've got to hear these. I haven't even heard these. Jeffrey Molina, and then it starts off with Arian Carnelosi versus Naliang. And so, cold coffee made me bite the bullet on that one. I thought it would be a I think we got that East Coast time zone tiredness, man. I'm fucking is that like, what it is? I'm like, well, yeah. Everybody's dropping. Well, listen, it is late, and I will say this. Everything closes early around here. We're not 100% back. Yes, I was back. trying to look up the menu, so I closed my goddamn roster. <laughs> <laughs> fuckers asked me about uh, it. We got to sneak it's, out of it's, here. It's hangry. Oh, it's, it's hangry. It's, it's not no, easy. No, I'm very hangry. There we go. That's well, what it is. Okay. It, if ever there was a time to end the show, it's when <laughs> cold coffee is hangry. And as you've just heard from the previous 60 seconds or so, he certainly is. Uh, join us, patreon.com slash Roadshow. We'll talk and a half this weekend. We'll wrap it all up there. Oh, my God. He's, he's converted into a hangry I'm my shirt off. Ah! Thanks for listening. Uh- <laughs>